Good morning, all. Glad to see you here today. We welcome everyone uh, this morning as we worship the Lord together. Uh, we welcome our guests, especially this morning, and uh, hope that you'll feel very much part of our family uh, as we worship God together this morning. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and to fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. If you would uh, do that, we would certainly appreciate it. And uh, some things that we have going on I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, uh, yesterday a, a, a group from Community Baptist Church uh, served lunch at Salvation Army, which is something that we do every, every few months. And, um, and we appreciate the volunteers for doing that yesterday. And from what I understand, there were 167 meals served yesterday. So uh, it's pretty amazing. It's an important ministry uh, that we have there that we uh, collaborate with Salvation Army for. So thank you, volunteers, for providing that, that service. Uh, also, uh, some other things that are happening tonight or this afternoon... At 5 o'clock, we're going to have a, an ice cream social right here at our church and a game, game night as well. So we invite everybody to come back uh, this afternoon at 5 o'clock. I think we'll have some homemade ice cream. We'll have some store-bought ice cream and probably some fixings and stuff to, to put on them. And uh, so I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that uh, this afternoon, so, so uh, we invite you to come back and be a part of that. Also, tomorrow at noon, we have our upperclassmen uh, uh, adult potluck lunch uh, that we'll, we'll have at 12 o'clock tomorrow, so we invite all of our adult, adults to come back tomorrow to, uh, to share this time of fellowship together, and I think uh, the, the program is a couple who will be uh, talking about the history of the American flag. Is that right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, bring your children or grandchildren too. It'll be, a, it'll be a, a, of interest to them as well and educational. And in uh, our Wednesday night dinners, we'll be resuming. We took uh, the month off of, of July, but our Wednesday night dinners will be resuming this week, this Wednesday. It's the first uh, Wednesday of August, and I can hardly believe I'm saying that, but it is. Uh, but uh, we will be resuming our Wednesday dinners this week at 545. We invite you to come, and then we'll have our Bible study at 630 afterwards. And choir practice, and choir practice starts, <laughs> starts back as well. So, yes, and, I, and they're looking for new members. Kim. Okay, Children's Moment will be resuming. And so if anybody would like to, to do a children's moment, there's a sign-up sheet back here in case you didn't hear that. Uh, we are community, and I, I have always said since the day I got here that we are well-named uh, for, for many reasons. One, we are engaged in our community doing things like we did yesterday with Salvation Army. We have a lot of ministry to our community but we're also community because we are community together, and, and we matter to one another. We are priority to one another, and, and that's, that's important. So let me invite you now to stand, and let's demonstrate that priority and that love that we have for one another by greeting each other in the name of the Lord. Greetings. 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 
together. Precious God, we come into your house to worship you and to prepare ourselves for the upcoming week. We come to reorient our minds and our hearts in a world that is full of distraction. This, is, this world pulls us in a thousand different directions. And, and to be honest, it is sometimes hard for us to focus on you. There are so many other things that demand our attention. And yet, you are always there. Sometimes patiently waiting in the wings until we decide that we need you. <clears throat> well, God, whether we say it enough or not, we need you. And we need you as you express yourself in this community of faith. In other words, we need each other. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. So God, please give us the nudge that we need to constantly be seeking you. We come to this place to remember that we are one people with one mission. We realize this as we lift up our prayers to you, for you are the one who hears all of our joys and all of our sorrows and all of the supplications of our hearts. And so we lift up these prayers to you, spoken and unspoken, knowing that you hear them all. Walk with us in our strength and especially in our weakness so that we can be true to you and be your hands and feet in our world Guide us to witness to your work and help us to appreciate that you move in ways that are often not realized. Help us to put aside the distractions that we face so that we may focus every fiber of our being upon you, O oh God. Help us to truly seek your kingdom first and your ways and thus be blessed with knowing that we work side by side with you as your kingdom is established on this earth. Amen.
would you bow your head in reverence to God? Close your eyes to only focus on him. Father God, you know our hearts. You created us in your image. You love us, have called us to be your sons and daughters and to be your workers in the kingdom. The tithes and offerings that we bring include our money, our time, and our talents that we may live on this earth telling the good news of Jesus Christ, your one and only Son who came for us. We thank you. We love you. We adore you. Amen. Our scripture reading today is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Chapter 6, but strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Good morning. Forgive me if I fumble some for words, but uh, I wanted to, I always feel a need to explain why I do a song, and uh, it was interesting. I first did this song probably 30 years ago, and Heather was the person that asked me to do it, and her mother uh, played it for me, and what a, as many of you know, what a treat, Uh, just amazing. This song is not from Scripture. It's not out of a hymnal. But it it comes from the heart. It's a prayer, uh, completely unselfish. There's nothing asked in this prayer for the person who sings it. So, a beautiful song. Many of you will know it. Uh, Bring him home. Let 
Thank you, John. Thank you, Heather. What a powerful song from a very powerful scene in La Miserable. Miserable. Um, Thank you so much for that. What a powerful uh, message that has. It, It was one of those terrible summertime scenarios that we read about from time to time. It was early September in San Antonio, Texas. The temperature was around 99 degrees, and a woman accidentally locked her 10-month-old niece inside a car. Frantically, she and her sister, the baby's mother, ran around the car in, in near hysteria, and a bystander tried to unlock the car with the clothes hanger, and, and soon the infant was turning purple and had foam around her mouth. It was becoming quite evident that this was a life-or-death situation. Well, at this point, Fred Ariola, a record driver, arrived on the scene. And so he grabbed a hammer and smashed the back window of the car to save the child from certain death. And he did. Now, let me ask you a question. Was Fred heralded as a hero? Well, not by the aunt who had accidentally locked the car doors. Fred says, the lady was mad at me because I broke her window. I just thought, what's more important, the baby or the window? Well, our theme for today is this. The time comes in all of our lives for each of us to decide what is really important in our lives. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, said Jesus. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything that he had, and he bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a, seeking for fine, searching for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had, and he bought that pearl. What Jesus is saying to us is that a fulfilling life can only come to those who have determined what really matters in this world and then give everything that they have to pursuing that one thing. And if you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it? If there is one thing in your life that matters more than anything else, It would make sense to lock in on that one thing and make it the single most important priority of your life. That's the way to have a successful life. But of course, some people have a hard time deciding on what's most important in their lives. I heard about a man who went to the sheriff's department to report that his wife was missing and He told the desk sergeant, my wife is missing. She went shopping yesterday, and she hasn't come home since. So the sergeant asked, well, what is her height? And the man said, gee, I I don't know. I'm not sure about this tall, I guess. And and the sergeant asked, well, uh, what about her weight? And the man looked helpless. "I, I don't know, he said, not really slim, but not that either. And the sergeant asked, well, what's the color of her hair? 
And the man answered, well, you, or the color of her eyes, he asked. He said, well, you know, I never really noticed. What about the color of her hair, the sergeant asked. And, and, and the man said, well, she changes it a couple of times a year. Maybe dark brown, maybe brown, blonde, I'm not sure. Well, what was she wearing, the sergeant asked. Well, it could be a skirt or shorts, or maybe jeans. I, I don't really remember. And the, so, so the sergeant asked, well, what kind of car was she driving? And the man said, she went in my truck. Well, what kind of truck is it, the sergeant asked. And the man got this big grin on his face. He said, it's a brand-new 2017 Ford F-150 King Ranch 4x4. It has custom leather seats and Bubba floor mats. It has a heavy-duty towing package with a gold hitch, a DVD with navigation, 21-channel CB radio, six cup holders, and four power outlets. And then he paused for a moment. He said, my wife put a small scratch on the driver's door, and then he began to choke up. The sergeant reassured him sympathetically and said, Don't worry, sir, we will find your truck. (laughs) I guess everybody has their own set of priorities, don't they? Their own set of what's important in their lives. Storyteller Bill Harley tells about a children's t-ball game that he witnessed several years ago. On one of the teams was a A young girl with special needs, her name was Tracy. Tracy walked with a limp, and she couldn't hit the ball for anything. She hadn't had a hit all year, but everybody cheered for her anyway. This, This was her team's last game of the season, and Tracy came up to bat. She swung at the ball, and miraculously, she hit it. And so her coach yelled for her to run to first base, and, and then he yelled for her to run to second base to keep going towards second, and then on to third. And by this time, all the fans in the stands were standing to their feet, cheering Tracy on towards home plate. But as she rounded third base, something wondrous happened. This old dog loped out onto the field and parked himself right along the baseline between third and home. And moments away from her first home run, Tracy stopped dead in her tracks, knelt knelt down beside that little dog and gave him a big hug. Tracy never made it to home plate that day, but the the crowd cheered her for her anyway. She had showed the crowd what was really important to her. And it wasn't winning a t-ball game. So what is it that really matters to you? What is it that you care about the most? Most of us would say that our families are really important to us. And that's good. We were created for relationships. And the family is the, the most basic of all relationships. But... That's not to say, of course, that, that, that family life is always easy. It isn't, especially when you have children. Uh, uh, pardon the corny joke, a little warning, disclaimer here, but it kind of reminds me of the, the census taker who stopped at a home and, and asked the lady of the house, how many children do you have? And the woman said four, 
and the census takers asked, well, may I have their names, please? And she said, Eeny, Meeny, Miney, and Frank. Well, the census taker was somewhat amused by this, and he said, okay, that's fine, but may I ask you, I'm just curious, why did you name your fourth child Frank? And the woman answered, because we didn't want no more. I warned you. But even in the best of situations, living together as a family can can sometimes be difficult. Nevertheless, our families should be one of our highest priorities in life. This is where we learn that we are loved. This is where we, we develop our values in life and within the context of, of our families. Our our children need our time, and our children need our guidance in their lives. And, of course, the most important guidance that that they need that we can give to our children is the guidance of our own example, including demonstrating to them what is important to us. An author for Reader's Digest writes about how he studied the Amish people in preparation for an article that he was writing in And he was standing back, he was observing an an Amish schoolyard. And then he noticed there was something different about these kids as they played in the schoolyard because he he realized that that in most schoolyards at recess time, it's bedlam. Kids are running around and screaming and yelling and just all kinds of activity going on. But he noticed that the children in this Amish schoolyard never screamed, never yelled. They played. But they never screamed and yelled or called out loudly. And and this amazed him. It was so different from most of the schoolyards that he had seen before. And so he spoke to the, the schoolmaster and remarked about how he had not once heard an Amish child yell. And he asked the schoolmaster why why he thought that was so. And the schoolmaster replied, Well, have you ever heard an Amish adult yell? good question. A child's behavior is sometimes the best gauge of what that child observes in the home. And most of us, if we were asked what is really important to us, we would have a high high up on our list would be our families. Most of us would also have on that list our health. It's interesting, don't you think, that most of us agree that our health is very important to us. I mean, after all, if, if you had a billion dollars in the bank, but you didn't have good health as well as somebody to enjoy it with, what good is it? Not much. Some people are really conscious of their health. I see them all the time. You'll, you'll see them out running or jogging or walking briskly for hours every week. They come here to our church sometimes and they want run or, or walk around the track upstairs. And we see them at the gym on the exercise machines and at the grocery store. You'll see in their carts that, that they're, they have a lot of healthy foods in there. They visit their doctors on a regular basis and they enjoy the, uh, they don't enjoy any of the vices that shorten the lives of, of less careful folks. 
And they are to be celebrated. I believe God wants us to to take as good a care for our bodies as we can because they are they are one of God's most wondrous gifts to all of us. Nevertheless, sometimes life plays a cruel trick on us, doesn't it? Some of you are old enough to remember the name Yule Gibbons. You remember? Some of you. All right. Fess up, folks. Yeah, some of you do. Gibbons became quite a celebrity back in the 1960s for advocating natural diets featuring wild berries and nuts. And he was famous for talking about being able to eat a pine tree. (laughs) Some of you will remember him as a spokesperson for Great Nut Cereal during those days. He even made it into a popular folk song, into the lyrics of a popular folk song called Junk Food Junkie. You remember that? It was... It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big hit, but it was. <laughs> the song was about a hippie whose image among all of his friends was as a health food enthusiast. However, secretly, he was addicted to junk food. He begins the song by, by singing about all of the healthy foods that he ate and prepared. And, and after he, each verse, he would go into a refrain that went something like this. Oh, but at night I stake out my strong box that I keep under lock and key. And I take it off to my closet where nobody else can see. I open that door so slowly, take a peek up north and south, and then I pull out a hostess Twinkie and I pop it in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, some of you just got a craving for hostess Twinkies, didn't you? Anyway, there's, there's a verse in the song that says, My friends down at the commune, they think I'm pretty neat. Oh, I, I don't know nothing about arts and crafts, but I give them all something to eat. I'm a friend to old Yule Gibbons, and I only eat homegrown spice. And then it just kind of goes from there. But for a while, Yule Gibbons, he was a pop icon, well known for his dietary habits. However, cynics like to point out that Yule Gibbons, this outspoken advocate for healthy eating, didn't live long enough to collect a Social Security check. He died at the age of 64. But it had nothing to do with his diet. He died from a ruptured aortic aneurysm related to a genetic condition that he had. But life is filled with ironies like that. Runners all over the world were shocked when Jim Fix, the author of the 1977 best-selling book, The Complete Book of Running, died of a heart attack while he was jogging at the age of 52. His father had died even younger than that of the same cause. But that takes nothing away from the sport of running. Sometimes genes are more powerful than lifestyle. Life is tricky. Family and and health are vitally important to us. But our families can turn their backs on us. And our health will someday fail us. No matter how disciplined we may be, the mortality rate for human beings is still close to 100%. 
So I'm here to tell you that there's only one priority that can be at the top of our list of things that are really, really important to us. And that is our faith in God. That's got to be the most important thing. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, said Jesus. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in joy, he went and sold everything that he had and he went and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and he bought it. In other words, we are to give our first priority to seeking the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's rule in human life. Everything else in this world is perishable. Everything else in this world has an expiration date. There is only one thing that is truly eternal, and that's the kingdom of God. And you know what? When you seek after God's kingdom above everything else, most people find that all of those other things that are important to us have a tendency to fall into place. You want a great family? Seek God's kingdom first. Then you'll be conscious of setting a good example. The more committed you are to God, the more committed you are likely to be to your family. Martin Copenhaver tells about a, a rabbi in Massachusetts made quite a stir in his congregation uh, by challenging the members of his synagogue to hold the line on not playing sports on the Sabbath. Now, this was not a, a fundamentalist preacher in the, in the Deep South. This was a modern, reformed Jewish rabbi in New England telling his congregation not to let their children play sports on Saturdays, the Jewish Sabbath. To a gathering of parents in, in his congregation, he simply asked this, this question, how many, how many of you want and expect your children to go, grow up and become professional soccer players, he asks. Not a single person raised their hand. And then he asks a second question. How many of you want and expect your children to become good Jews? I don't know how many hands went up, but there were some parents who were deeply aroused by this question. Basically, the question is, what is your priority? What is our priority? The same is true of our health. Seek first the kingdom of God. Studies show that religious people are generally healthier than non-religious people and generally live longer. And one reason for that is because many people of faith do live a more disciplined life than our less religious neighbors. And we're less prone to indulge in self-destructive behavior like drug abuse and, and, and drinking to, to excess. It's all a package. Seek God's kingdom first. If you seek God's kingdom first, you know what will happen? You'll be a better spouse. You'll be a better parent. 
You'll be a better member of your community. You'll be a better employee or a better boss. Your health will be better. Your attitude about the future will be better. You will love your neighbor and wish for for a better world for everyone. So what is it that really, really matters to you? What is your treasure in a field? What is your pearl of great price? As Jesus said in another place in Matthew, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and all of these other things that are important to you. They will be given to you as well. Do you believe it? Do you really, really believe it? Then live it. Amen. Closing hymn number 300, without him, we could do nothing. Without him, we would be nothing. God is the creator of our lives, the sustainer of our lives. Without him, we could do nothing. Because of that, God needs to be our priority. God needs to be number one in our lives. And we truly, truly, truly need to seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. And I know that's hard to do because there's so many other things that are pulling at us in many directions. It's hard. But we need to set the time aside and give God God's due. And seek that kingdom first. Let's sing together.
Thank you, O God, for all the marvelous things that you have done for us today and every day of our lives. Thank you for your love that you have revealed and for the love that we share together as your people. We pray for the ideas that you have sown into our hearts today. Watch over them, protect them, that they may take root and produce wonderful things for your glory. Things of beauty and great blessings for others. And as we leave this place, we thank you that you walk with us. May we always be alert to your promptings and live in your endless love. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory in this age and forevermore. Amen.